It is an honor and a privilege to be here today. Uh, it is so good to see this church filled up. Uh, it was spoken to this in existence, and now we're seeing it fulfilled. Uh, we'll start out with a word of prayer. Let's all bow our heads. Most gracious, only Father, thank you for this day you've blessed us with. Just bless this time we're going to have together, and uh, just let your message go forth. We ask this all in Jesus, this wonderful and holy name. Amen. Uh, I don't see Miss Barbara. Is Miss Barbara Smith here? Right there. Uh, I was reading uh, Reader's Digest the other day, and uh, I love the, the, the humor in uniform, all in a day's work, so on and so forth. And there was a joke in there, and all in a day's work, about a highway patrolman. He pulled over a uh, silver-haired grandmother for speeding. And as soon as I started reading that, I thought of you, Miss Barbara. <laughs> and uh, he asked her, said, uh, ma'am, I see on this card that you have a concealed handgun permit. She said, yes, sir, I do. And uh, he said, well, do you have one in your vehicle? She said, yes, I do. She says, I have a 45 automatic in my console. He said, well, do you have any more? Do you have another gun in, in your person? Well, yes, as a matter of fact, I do. I have a 357 Magnum in my glove box. <laughs> well, the uh, cop said, well, is there anything else, any other gun you have on your person? She said, well, yes, as a matter of fact, I have a 38 sub-nose revolver in my purse. And he just looked at her and said, Ma'am, are you scared of something? And she looked at him steely-eyed and said, Not a dad blame thing. <laughs> so I just had, I had to tell you that, Miss Barbara, because I thought of you when I saw that. Uh, uh, it's, it's, as some of you may know, uh, this past fall, I started umpiring, refereeing junior high and uh, JV football games. Had the time of my life, God blessed me. I was able to witness to some young kids whenever possible. Uh, but my true love has always been baseball. I, you know, God created the world and created everything in six days. Seventh day, he rested. And then I always say on the eighth day, he created baseball. <laughs> I just love the game. Well, I'd always wanted the opportunity to umpire referee baseball. Well, I had a friend at the Y, he got me involved. He said, this is how you do it. You get online, you get on Alliance Baseball, and they're the ones that referee and umpire all the games in the Fort Worth, Granbury uh, area. So I got on there and uh, saw how to, do, how, to, how to go to the meetings, what I needed to do to join. So the first thing I had to do was I had to... Uh, fill out a membership application, and pay money. I filled it out and paid my money. Mama don't know how much I paid, but I paid my money so I could join. Second, it was required that I went to three training sessions because umpiring and refereeing baseball is nothing like playing a game that I'd played all my life. You do things totally different. Your, your responsibility is nothing like playing the game. So I had to go up there, take classes, and uh, have some on-field training. I did that. Then they said, 
They gave me uh, three magnets, three books right here. If I can get them out to study. And uh, I had the 2012 rules book, 2012 baseball case book. This is in what would happen and how the rules would affect it. And then the biggest book here is Baseball Umpire Manual Mechanics for Two, Three, or Four Umpires. So there's, there's games where there's two of you, there's games where there's three umpires, and there's games when there's four, and you use different mechanics for all of them. Well, I studied those and read those. Well, the next thing on the agenda was uh, I had to take a test. And... Uh, to be able to call referee umpire games, you have to take a test, and you have to make a passing grade. So uh, I got online, and it's a TASO membership, uh, TASO line, and I took the test. And I was proud of myself. I made a 76, and I passed. And, and, they, and they said it doesn't matter if you make 99 or you make a 70, passing, passing, you get to work. He said, you don't get any extra points for making a 99. Thank God for that. So, uh, so I, I had I'd done that. I'd paid my dues. Well, next, I had to go get my equipment. And uh, when you go out on the field, you have to have official gear. You have a, a red T-shirt that you wear underneath your blue officials out shirt. Got red, white, blue. And you have to wear this. It's required. You have to wear gray slacks, black tennis shoes, or black uh, referee shoes. You also have to have an approved Texas Association of Sports Officials cap that you wear. It's required that you wear this. This is the only one you can wear. Well, I was also, if you're working First base, second base, third base, all you need is your uniform on and your cap. But who knows playing baseball, there's an umpire behind the plate. There's certain required gear that you need to wear just for your own protection. Uh, we all know what this is. You've got to wear a face mask. Uh, don't want to get hit in the face with it. Uh, you wear a chest protector. You put this on. And uh, it protects you from baseballs that the catcher doesn't catch. Very important. <laughs> well, you also have these shin guards you put on. Put them right here and you wrap them up. That way when the ball comes, the catcher misses it, you have protection. Uh, if any of you have ever been a catcher, the most important piece of gear you can wear is right here. We all know what, it's a cuff. That's what they call that. Well, I also, you, uh, you have to have a, a brush, brush home plate. I got a clicker. You can keep up with the ball, strikes. Uh, I've got a uh, little book here that I carry with me. I put the... Uh, uh, lineups for both teams, and I got a pencil here, 
sorrow when number nine comes in for number 13. I have to write it down, keep, keep, keep count of it. And uh, also, before the game, I have to have each coach from opposing teams sign this piece of paper stating that all their players have official uniforms on, that the helmets are safe, and that they are using bats that are legal. All of this to be able to umpire officiate a baseball game. Well, I did all that. I got online, did all the paperwork, took the test, and last Sunday afternoon, I was sitting in my sweatpants, had a T-shirt on, and I had my tennis shoes on, and Mama was in the bedroom doing her reading Sunday nap deal. Sunday afternoon, that's what she likes to do. Well, I put this gear on to be sure it fit right. Tightened all of it up and loosened it up. and I had my shin guards on and I had my body vest on. Of course, I put my jock strap on. I had my face mask on. And you're supposed to practice your mechanics. And your mechanics, when you call somebody out, you need to be firm. Or when you call somebody out on strikes, you need to be firm. So Mama was in there about halfway asleep, halfway <laughs> reading her book. I opened the door, and I come in and went, You're out of there! Before she jumped. And I practiced my mechanics for her a little bit. I said, Honey, how do I look? You're safe! And <laughs> we have fun in our marriage. But uh, anyway... Anyway, that was all said and done. According to the Texas State Association of Baseball Officials, I, I am a baseball official. I am. Amen. I, uh, I get on Arbiter Sports, and uh, they assign me baseball games to work. Every, this, 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 this. And you have the ability to accept or decline those games. Well, I started hitting accept. Even though I was an official, licensed, paid my dues, until last Tuesday night, February 7th at 5 o'clock in Stephenville, Texas, I was a third base umpire. When that home base umpire said, play ball, I hadn't done nothing. You know what I'm saying? I was an official. I could say I was a Texas State baseball official. I could have got on arbiter and declined every game this year but I would still be a baseball official. But until I actually went out there and started calling a game, I hadn't done what I was called to do. Understand that? Uh, we all remember Matthew 28, 18, 20. It's called the Great Commission. Then Jesus came unto them and said, All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples out of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you, and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Mark 16:15 says, Go into the world and preach the gospel to every creature. These are called the Great Commission. Uh, The key word that I think in both of those 
is go into all nations. Until you actually get into the game and do what you are trained to do, you're not an official. It's called getting in the game. Uh, I got online, read some messages on this uh, on this subject, and they had some uh, some some statistics that I found startling. It said the, it was called the modern church. I don't know what they consider the modern church. I guess that's kind of everybody lumped together in the United States. And uh, I wrote down three of these statistics. It said that 95% of all Christians have never led somebody to the Lord. 95%. That's unacceptable. No. Number two, less than 2% are involved in some kind of evangelism. Less than 2%. And lastly, the third one. 71% do not give towards the financing of the Great Commission. Man, 71% thinks it's just miraculously done, I guess. I don't know. And I started thinking about that, and then that's when I started thinking, thank God I go to Generations Church. Amen. That is not our church. I'll tell you what, we're a church that is on the go. Everything that this church stands for is for the uplifting and the gratification of our Lord Jesus Christ. That's it. We are not saved to go to heaven. So many people say, I got saved, but get to go to heaven. That's it. If you were saved, just go to heaven. When you got saved, you'd die and go to heaven. They said, well, I'm saved just to praise and worship God. Well, if that was true, you'd die and go to heaven because that's all we're going to do when we get to heaven is praise and worship God. We are saved to be a light for other people to receive the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? That's it. Uh, if you use a lamp, you're not going to light that lamp and put it under a bushel so nobody can see it. When you accepted the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior, you took on a responsibility to let people see Jesus in you. It's that simple. You have such a great responsibility. It's not always going to be all happy times. There's going to be some tough times out there. But I'll tell you what, Generations Church is set up so that we can lead other people to the Lord and that through us and through this congregation, I'm not talking about this building, I'm talking about this congregation is made up to lead people to the Lord. And our leadership will not let us lose sight of that. We start with our pastor, Alan Ladda. There's never been a more humble, yet bigger, bigger, mighty man of God. I'm telling you right now, he delivers message after message after message about how your life can improve if you'll turn it over to the Lord Jesus Christ, the things that he can do to help you. He'll heal you. He'll, it, it just amazes me the messages that he brings. Him and his wife, Miss Yvette, we believe in, in, in missionary work in this church. Pastor Allen, that I know of in the past few years, has been to Haiti and East Germany, going into all the world and nations spreading the word. Then we have Miss Laura Duncan, who is our kids' church pastor and missionary director. 
You want to talk about a mighty, mighty woman of God. Uh, not only does she oversee all our youth, she also leads in our missionary work. She has been on five missionary trips to Romania, and this past summer she went to Jamaica. Not only do they lead by the words they speak, they lead by their example. Amen. Then we have the ever quiet, low-key, quiet as a church mouse, Miss Yvette Latta, <laughs> in charge of our youth. Uh, she, she is a special lady. Uh, the Lord just said, said this year, JP, you need to work with the, uh, with the youth. And... Uh, it, it, it's, it's just, I'm just there. I, I, I'm just, I, I, I'm, you know, I'm working my way in. But uh, th- this group of young people right over here, I tell you, on Wednesday nights upstairs, they have church. I'm telling you what, they are our future. They are the next leaders of Generations Church. We have to keep them in this church. We've got to find what it takes, what it needs for them to make this their home. Amen? Our pastors talk so many times of churches dying in the United States because they lose their youth. We're not going to. We're investing in you young people. That's why we're investing upstairs. We knocked out a wall. The room that we had up there for them got too small. There's so many on Saturday night, on Wednesday night, had to knock out a wall to make room for them. Amen? That's good. Uh, our women's Pastor, Miss Debbie Ellis. Mighty, mighty woman of God, too. Uh, she leads in our women's Bible studies during the week. She's the head of our nursing home outreach. Uh, she leads in prayer. Uh, we have two special events during the year, a women's conference and a ladies' tea, where uh, not just our membership is involved, but we try to bring in everywhere from outside the community, uh, we want them to come. We want to reach out to everybody in Hood County. And uh, Miss Debbie's the head of that. And uh, we, we are blessed to have that leadership in this church. And uh, if you look on these uh, bulletins that, that we give out every week, there is something other than Saturday night there is something to be involved in, you know? And, I, and I'm not just saying come in here and, and, and be involved in everything, but each and every one of us needs to find that thing that it is that God wants us to do. God has something special that he wants each and every one of you to do. And it's your responsibility to find it. Pastor Allen can't find it. Brother Greg can't find it. Brother Harvey can't find it for you. That's between you and God. Uh, You've you got to get out of your comfort zone some of the time. You know? Uh, and, and I think the number one, this day and time, the number one obstacle that the devil puts in our way is time. He has managed to get moms and dads and kids so busy Moms and dads both working. Kids are now in all kinds of activities at school. 
that they're, they're moving from the time they get up to the time they get home. There's not enough hours in the day. Well, and, and you just say, well, I'm sorry, God, I just can't work you in. But it needs to be just the opposite. Uh, the Bible says that we're to make our bodies a living sacrifice to God. A living sacrifice. And, and I, was, I was talking, and I said, Lord, and I do a lot of driving by myself, uh, driving down the road, checking on jobs, and me and God just talk. And I, and I was going, God, what, what do you mean by a sacrifice? What, what can I explain to these people you're trying to say? And the only word that I could come up with was service. And, and you have to, whenever you become a Christian, sometimes you've got to start out at the bottom. And, and there's nothing wrong with that. You know? Uh, you know, if God calls you to work with our youth, and, and we need all the help we can get, because, because we are blessed with a lot of youth, you're going to have to sacrifice a little bit. Our guardianship program that, that we are required that you take, we, don't, we do that because we love our youth, and we believe in protecting them. They're our most precious treasure that we have in our churches, our youth. And Satan has managed somehow to wiggle and get in and make us have to do that, run background checks. We don't like running background checks, but we have to because we have to protect our youth. Don't, don't be offended whenever you have to do it. Just say, all right, thank God I'm going get, to get to do this, and after I get this done and go through guardianship program, I'll be able to help with the youth. You'll get to. We have the detention center and jail ministry. This is a church-wide city outreach. It's not just Generations Church. It's every, every church in Granbury. If you feel like God wants you to help you to help with youth that are, are, are uh, have hit a bumpy road or, or uh, men and women that have made some bad choices and, and are at uh, Crossbar Motel and you want to work with them, you have to go get a background check. You have to go to the county jail. You got to you got to take some time. You got to go up there, set up an appointment. That you got to give your fingerprints. If you've never been fingerprinted, they're going to fingerprint you. And then after you do that, you got to take a drug test. You. These are things, and I don't think it is a sacrifice. But some people, I'm not doing that. How dare they ask me to have a drug test? It's no big deal. Just a, just a little bit of sacrifice to be able. To go in and talk to you, talk to men, talk to women that could use the Lord Jesus Christ. It, it, it's not that it's not that complicated. You just make a little time for the Lord. Uh, Brother Shake and Sister Karen leading Generation Praise Worship Team. Believe it or not, as good as they sound, they have to practice to get that good. If you have a gift of singing and you want to be involved. You need to come down there and talk to Brother Shake, Sister Karen, and you've got to be able to prove that you can sing. <laughs> They're not just going to let you up here on the stage and start singing. And uh, I, I've noticed they've never asked me to join. They've been by when I'm singing, and they've never asked me to join. So as a matter of fact, I think Brother Shake said, thank God for a joyful noise, because I think that's what I do. But uh, Brother Shake and Sister Karen and, and our praise team, they have they they go out all over the metroplex as a, as an outreach of this church 
to bless and uplift and help lead people to the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Uh, but it takes sacrifice. It's, it, it, if you want to work with our youth on Wednesday nights up here with these teenagers, you have to have patience. I'm telling you. You know, I, I've worked in, I, I go to the detention center on Monday nights, and I, and I used to do jail ministry, and I was used to talking to a captive audience. I had guards keeping them in line. I mean, I had their full attention. And uh, Wednesday night was a whole new ball game for me. You get 55 teenagers up in a room, and I'm telling you, I would not want to be a school teacher. Amen. Uh, but God's working with me. There's wonderful things happening there. Uh, but the most important thing that you can do as a Christian is start developing that personal relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. He has something so special for each and every one of you. And for us to be, as a body, to be everything that Jesus wants us to be, to be able to hit that ball out of the ballpark, we need each and every one of you to be all that you can be for the Lord Jesus Christ. And, and it starts with one, one, the most important thing that you can do is find a way someday, every day, to put time and read that book right there. You can read all the books you want on the Bible. You can go listen to all the sermons that you want on the Bible. But God has something special just for you in this book. You are so special to God as an individual. He's, this, this whole body is special to God as the church. But you as an individual are so special to God. He's your heavenly Father. He wants that personal relationship with you. He wants to be able to talk and communicate with you. And if you don't get into the book and study it, and it starts becoming alive. Whenever you, whenever you start reading it, there's lots of times God will give me something in there, and I know it's just for me. Yep. Nobody else, because they wouldn't get excited about it like I would, because God had gave it to that day just for me. And that's when the, the more we get into the Bible, the more we start studying, the more people start seeing Jesus in us. Because the more we learn about Jesus, the more we start praying and ask him to fill us, there's less of me and more of him. And that's what it's all about, less of me and more of him. People start seeing your daily life. Man, there's, there's something about that dude over there. You know, the opportunities come up for you to, to this. I've never been one of the ones that is right in your face witnessing. It's never been my strong point. But in the construction business, <clears throat> things come up and they're said. And I'll just, uh, somebody will start out with a joke and I don't have to say anything. I'll just kind of turn around and walk away because I don't want to hear that anymore. You know, uh, it was raining one day. And everybody was getting rained out on the job site. And uh, I've never thought of this, but uh, a lot of bars really love rainy days because construction people go to them, drink, fill the day up. Nothing else to do. 
And uh, some of them one day came up to me and said, Hey, JP, uh, we're all going to baby dolls. Why don't you come with us? And I just kind of looked at him. and I said, No, I said, I better not. I said, It'd be hard to go home and read my Bible and get on my knees and pray and tell my wife I love her if I went up there and went to baby dolls with you. So I think I'll slide. Didn't, didn't throw it in their face, didn't, but just want people to know that I'm a Christian and I don't do that. I'm still their friend. I still talk with them. I still love them. I'm no better than them. The blood of Jesus Christ has saved me is the only difference between me and them. That's it. And uh, that's, uh, we have, uh, whenever I was talking about jobs here at the church that you start on the bottom, there are so many ministries here of, of, of service and when we do service work, that's when you get to know people. That's how this body gets to know each other. Uh, Wednesday night, if you, if you come to church, there's something for everyone in the family here. Uh, they feed you supper, and uh, there's the grown-ups in here. We have youth up here. We have kids' church. We have nursery. Everything's taken care of for you. But there's a ministry of putting this church back together. We, we've learned how to do it, and it takes about... 15 minutes now, and we put this church back together. We'd like to teach you how. <laughs> but, you know, me and Brother Andy and, and Pastor Al, we won't even charge you anything. We'll just teach you free of charge. Nothing to that. And, uh, and there's, there's a, uh, we have uh, uh, families in need. Uh, there's meals to be cooked uh, every third Saturday. The Lord has blessed this church as a giving church. For the hungry people in Hood County, all churches are involved in this ministry. There's a semi-truck brought to First Methodist Church out on Highway 51 where they hand out free food to people that have lost their jobs and need, and need, need food to eat. And the Lord has blessed our church that we pay for half that truck. Is that not? That's good. That, that, that's y'all. That's y'all giving. You know, and uh, we, we come from such a giving church. We support missionaries abroad. Uh, we support the Brazos River Pregnancy Center, Joseph Locker. And, and if you noticed, if you're a visitor and you've never been here, we don't take an offering. If you feel like God wants you to give, there's two boxes right out there. As you leave the door, you just put your money in it. And uh, that's it. I'm not going to preach to you. not going to have special sermons on how you can be blessed by God and if you give this much and this much, it's you just give what God tells you to give. And you start reading this book and you start studying it, you'll figure out what God wants you to give. There you go. There you go. Amen. This, this has not been a message of uh, I, I'm not trying to degrade anybody. I'm trying to encourage. I want each and every one of you to be all that you can be for the Lord Jesus Christ. And uh, we, we have big plans for this year. We do as a body and as a church. We've got things planned. But without you, it won't be there. So uh, be all you can be for the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Lord, we thank you for this word that we have heard. God, help us to get involved in the field where you have planted us. In Jesus' name. Lord, we pray if there's 
anyone here that's from another team. <laughs> they're actually from another field. Lord, I pray that you'd speak to their heart what they're to be involved in. And Lord, when they go back to their home church, Lord, they would get involved and be an active part of what's happening in the kingdom, Lord. We just don't want to wear uniforms and have membership. But Lord, we want to be active for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen.